All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here again. Thanks for checking in, coming back in. I do appreciate all the likes, subscribe, the shares. Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, today on the show, I'm very, very honored, very excited to have uh, this gentleman, comedian, historical, uh, one of the most watched comedy specials on Comedy Central. And now, for some reason, he's a fucking TikTok legend. Uh, <laughs> please say hello to my friend, the very funny Mr. Paul Verzi. All right, Matt, how are you? What's up, Mick? It's great <laughs> to be here with you, buddy. Thank you for that. No, man, it's good having you. And it's like I, I, I mean everything that I that I say. It's like your stand up, and 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 I didn't really get it. I've never I've seen your stand your special, and I never got a chance to really see you live. You know, it's like two ships passing in the night. And I yeah. I I went into Gotham at the end of last year. To watch you, you were headlining there. And I was like, holy fuck, man. This guy's comedy is just my style. Like, I love that type of comedy. That storytelling, truth telling. You know, it's your comedy is it's fucking unique, man. And it's honest and it's great. Oh, I appreciate it, man. And, you know, um, I think, you know, too, you're the type of guy. And just so your listeners know, um, when I met you, I met you when I met you in Los Angeles, actually, when we <laughs> were going for a meeting, um, just talking to you in literally like in the waiting room and and when we were sitting there uh before we went in to go for our pitches and all the stuff we were doing i was just like yeah man this guy gets it and this is like the type of guy that like i like to talk to and and uh i could tell you know even without hanging even without being in the clubs it's just one of those things where you know you know the game, Mick. Like you're around yeah, and you watch comics and you hang out. And all of a sudden, you see somebody you're like, "Oh yeah, I could fuck with that guy." That that's the type of guy that um that I get. Right, right. I appreciate that too, man. And I, you know what's funny? I tell I don't talk about it on air because you don't you don't know who listens and how what way they take the story and whatever. But I do tell people that you know when it comes up that story about being in LA and uh, just like. When I don't know if you remember, we were going just about to go up in the elevator, and they sent an assistant, and everyone in that building was fucking gorgeous. Like, and it's just <laughs> we're just rough East Coast guy. I mean, I'm from Ireland, but like I, I was born as a stand-up comedian in New York, so I always consider myself an East Coast comedian. Right. And I just when this kid got off the elevator to get us, I just I remember turning to you going, "How fucking ugly do we feel right now?" <laughs> like, <laughs> It was just yeah. disgusting, man. Look How at ugly. these two monsters coming in here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no. I was like, holy shit. I never felt so out of place in my life, man. Oh, in my no, life. Dude. And no, I'm no, talking about... You, that was I... so funny. Me and you were like looking around. <laughs> and like, I didn't even know if I could like ask for water. You know? Yeah, no. You're just dehydrated. And you're like, you want some water? Yes, please. Oh, look at this needy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that was, that was so, uh, like, you know what's cool, too? When you go in, like, when you go in for something like that, like, when you go in for a meeting or, like, to pitch a show and you're at, like, some sort of studio or production company or anything like that, um, you're kind of, like, and this is another reason why it's, like, when, when like, because me and you, I think we're kind of similar. It's, like, you know, we're, we're family guys. We're guys, right. guys. Uh, you know, everything the industry hates. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, but like you were the type, like, I think you went in for, I don't know if you remember, you went in for your pitch first. Yeah, and that's right. I remember being like, 
like I, I remember being like, that's like a nice guy that like you hope some like you hope like I was like, oh, dude, you know what? Hope this guy gets something. And I hope and usually not that not that it wouldn't be the other way. But when you know, like how somebody is and what they're kind of like, what's what they're about, it, it, it's it's totally different, man. Yeah, you, that's a hundred. Like, and there's a lot of guys like there, there's two guys that I that I know that have kind of just at some stage in their life took off, took off or went up to the next level. And, and I heard guys, well, one is you, I'll go straight to, cause I, you, I look, I've, I'm off, in, I'm off social media for about two and a half weeks now. Cause I just need a mental break from it all. Yeah. And every time I'm on there, it's just you, it's just positivity, positivity moving. And I'm like, God damn, man, that is that a fucking nice guy who just deserves what he Fuck. gets, who you yeah. worked for it, man. It's fucking, it, you deserve it all. I appreciate that, man, as do you. And, and it's like, you know, we're out here fighting the fight. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about um, social media, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, now, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, let me just add, let me add to that. It's like, you know, I have a big problem right now, um, Mick, with with people telling comedians what they should be posting and what they shouldn't be posting. And especially with all this stuff going on with the with the protests and the riots and COVID-19 and everybody acting like they're the expert on everything. And of course, listen, man, we're opinionated comedians, you know, so we obviously have stuff on our mind that we want to say. But it almost feels like when I saw some comedians saying things like, hey, man, how can we not more vocal about this? Or we see you out there and, and, and you need to be doing this. And I'm going like, listen, man. I got two fucking kids at home, okay? I got yeah. I'm trying I'm going golfing with my son. I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm trying to to live a, a life up here with my wife and I finally have a break from this or or whatever break I can have, you know, cuz we're always working. And um so that's why I really appreciate you recognizing that I'll put like positivity up there because I'm just looking at it like what's the alternative, man? Of course I can put negative shit and of course I could and believe me, sometimes I do. And and a lot of times when I do it bites me in the ass. But it's like I just want to put shit out there that's gonna make people you you know go, oh, that feels good. Or but we're in a place now and I you're the first person I'm telling this to. I didn't even get to tell this on any other podcast or anything, but I'll tell you here. Okay. I saw this clip of this um, cop, this white cop pulling over this black guy, and he knew him. They were kind of like friends or whatever, I think. Right. And did you did you see it or no? I honestly couldn't tell you, man. I've been so off off oh, of that shit. Off. Okay. I've been okay. off, yeah. Yeah, and it's a smart move, actually. But So anyway, there's there's been with all the fuck, you're probably better off because with all the shit, man, all the hate, all the evil shit, all the back and forth, all the – just both – I mean, it's brutal. But there was this one video where this white cop pulls over this black guy, and he goes – Hey man, how you been? He goes good, and he goes. I'm actually pulling you over uh, because uh, you're driving uh, with the child without any um, without a child seat. And the black dude's going, "What? What do you mean? I don't. There's no child in the car. What do you mean?" And he goes, "No, you got a child in the car who's not wearing a, a car seat." And all of a sudden, the wife is in the passenger seat, and she pulls out a pregnancy test, and it was a surprise for the guy, right? <laughs> And, and he goes, no. And then she goes, no, there actually is a baby here without a car seat. And then the guy like looks surprised and goes, what? And then the cop, you know, pats him on the chest and goes, congratulations. And the, the, the black guy's laughing and they're all laughing together. And it's just all love. And here's how fucked up things are, Mick. And I'm really glad I'm telling this on your podcast because I didn't get a chance. I never said anything. I, I was talking about it with a, a buddy yesterday and I was about to post it. And I was about to go, hey, man, 
see, this is like, we need more of this. And this is something like that. And you know what somebody told me, which was really sad. Somebody goes, yeah, the only thing is like, you're going to get, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get one side going like, yeah, well, they're not, you know, it's not always like that. And this is the problem. And don't, and, and, and all of a sudden I started to realize the possibilities of negative shit that I could get from that Mick. And I'm going, you know something, man, fucking things are fucked up. Man, they, they will find the, the wrong in everything. And, and they're just a show, like even going back to how dedicated people are to, to their sides, their left or right, whatever, whatever side they are. And it was a great experiment done. I think it was done by uh, um, Sal Governale. I think he did it when he was with Stern. And I think he did it on the street where he went up when, against, when Obama ran against Mitt Romney, I think. And he went up because who are you voting for? Uh, Obama. And he was like, oh, really? Yeah, he goes, he goes what policy do you like? And the, and, and the guy was quoting Mitt Romney's policies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Saying that Obama said them. And the guy was like, yep, that's why I'm voting for him. And it's like, if you turn and say, well, actually, and they never called him on it, which was kind of the, 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 the strange thing about the sketch or, or whatever, the experiment. And I think if they had a called him on it, what would he have said? The guy would be like, holy shit. I did. Like, people just don't give in on either side of it, man. It's fucking, it's, and just the negative, negativity comes at you like, like you, like you wouldn't believe. And now I feel like, like I'm a, just a child. Like I would come home, my yeah. dad would find the news. I'm like, I'm not watching the news. I'm 10. And I would leave. Yeah. So now I'm the same. I'm just like with my kids now. Like the new, I don't watch the news. I don't go on social media. I listen to a podcast and like I, I put on like say Tim Dillon's, right? Great Tim yep. Dillon. I put on his podcast. And he's like, yo, and this shit happened in Seattle. I'm like, wait, what the fuck happened in Seattle? Like yeah. unless Seattle's in my backyard, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. No, and it's, it's you know, my kids now, they have handheld devices, right? And yeah. They're being, you know, they're able to see violent shit. And I'm going like, guys, like you got to talk to me and mom about what you're looking at. And, you know, my son saw, my son saw the, the George Floyd clip and for a little bit at least. And, you know, it's obviously, you know, fucked him up for a second. And I had to sit there and I had to explain some things to him. But um, that's why, like, there's so much. And, you know, you know, Mick, the media loves it. So it's like the, the, the media is not, I mean, I've saw one or two positive things. But meanwhile, they showed this one black guy carrying a white guy over his shoulder to help him. They, they, there's all these other things. And it's like the media doesn't want to show. And listen, I know that things uh, that they want to show things and they want to show like things that need to change. I get all that. But at the same time, it's like it, you're so right for walking away from it, because I thought about how I would feel as a person uh, if I just wasn't you know, if I wasn't watching it and I'm like, the nicest thing you could do for yourself is to just not look at the news for a while and just be able to be with your kids and do that because it's almost like just mentally cleansing for yourself. Yeah. You, you really like for me, especially like, I mean, I go through like about really bad bouts of depression and it's not, uh, it's not situational, you know, like I've had it my whole life, but I know, I know how to deal with it. I know how to handle it. I feel yeah. when it comes on, I know how to, I know where to put my mind um, but like, I think in the last two years, I've only walked away from social media, I think twice where I go, I just got to put it down because you, you, you make a joke. Like I was telling Brian Scott McFadden this, that I did like during the riots, the first weekend that happened, I was on there and I was just, you know, going fucking 
I, I not even make I don't even I wouldn't even want to call them jokes, but I was just kind of like being like a smart aleck about it, right? When I just saw sure. these people and I go, I said something like, Well, I guess we can I guess the stores are open now, but you just gotta go through the windows. Oh, right. Um, right? <laughs> right. You know, I'm not taking that's not a dig. That's not a dig at anybody. No, no, it's, it's and, what comics do. Right. And then what I said was, and this is where my ignorance came into it, and this is where like accidental ignorance, by the way, it's a total fluke. Sure. I put up, I said, first you have to understand, right? 2020 for me. Started off with lost my dog, dog died. I mean, my dog died a few weeks later. My dad died, right? Then I had like, I'm going back and forth to Ireland for just nothing but problems. This shit, shit hit the one, the one passionate thing I have in life is stand up. That's just gone now, right? So, yeah, I'm at this point where like I'm still trying to find the you know the good in it. So, I, I, I put up something like a post. I go, I bet you t- this was after George Floyd and the riots were just going on, and I said, I. $20 says we don't make it out of 2020 alive, right? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I get this influx of just, you hateful, you piece. And I was like, wait, what the, f- what? And then McFadden tells me, he goes, yeah, you didn't know that he was trying to cash, like a, he was trying to use a counterfeit 20. And that's, I, I had Uh-oh. no idea of just my total fucking ignorance. I, wow. was, like, I was like, I'm done. Good, good night. I'm like, fucking, you can have it. Like, what? Like to get to a happy post with your stuff or, or something like that. Like even my favorite comics who you love to watch are just reminding you of it. And now I gotta, I gotta get my machete and hack through this forest full of shit just to find. Oh, there's Farsi. Hey, what did you do today? That's fantastic, right? And then yeah. I, gotta, I scroll up again and like now I'm buried in more shit and I gotta hack through. I'm like, as fuck. And then, and then next thing and I'm just snapping at my kids for no fucking reason. That yeah. can you open this? Open it yourself. Like it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, know? Like, like kids are the best, and I'm like, they don't deserve that shit. Like fuck, I'm out. I'm out, uh, dude. That is that is so. You know what? That's so honest and funny and true. And like you're just <laughs> making a joke, and 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 you get bit for it. But like, that's the thing. You know, we can't say anything, dude. I made a joke. I made a joke one time about like my atheist friend. Like, who, like, does the sign of the cross when there's turbulence, you know? And, and I'm like, they're full of shit. Yeah, just in case, right? Dude, I got, I talked about this on my podcast with Sal that's coming out today, actually. And dude, the fucking, I mean, thousands of comments. I, I'm not talking about views. Comments of like, yeah, you piece of shit. I guess you, you know, you, you know, uh, what is it? You, you, what do you pray to Santa Claus in the sky? And all that. I go, first of all, I never even said what I believe. Second of all, Whatever I believe is my business, but it's like I'm joking. And and the thing is, when you touch on something that is so like you touch on something that is so like silly. And and of course you don't. Of course you don't mean it. And it's also like and we are comedians, man. And it's like, you know, look, you want to go after somebody who is physically abusive to people you want to go after somebody that's a fuck that you know that 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 treats people constantly treats people like shit and it finally comes back and bites them in the ass then that's great you want but when a comedian does something that they're just trying to deal with uh whatever's going on and they throw out something whether it listen whether it falls short and misses or whether it's super funny and everybody loves it it's like that's kind of what we do and we live in a world now where I've realized, and, and Mick, let me tell you something, man. And I mean this, dude. I mean this seriously, wholeheartedly. The amount of things that I've held back, the, the times I'm biting my tongue. There were times where I've had things written on Twitter. I've had things written on Facebook. And I'm just like, I just got to, I just, you know, I'm not going to do it. The last time I did something, it was on, um, 
you know, I, I was fighting with somebody. This was like right before COVID-19 and okay. right before something. And it's just, and people just, and I realized something. And here's the other thing. Some of these haters and some of these assholes, they don't even, they just want to be a part of the talk. They just want to have, they just want to be in it. It's almost like they're like this faceless person behind a, a, a computer, right? They're just faceless. And they don't, you know, nobody knows them. They have 15 fucking followers yet. A comedian that they have access to now because we're all on social media says something. And then now this motherfucker thinks they're going to come in and they're going to be able to, they're going to just be able to be a part of it. So when you acknowledge them, you're almost putting them at a, at that level. And I've realized I go, unless it's something that we could either, and listen, I don't want everybody to agree all the time because I'm going to say some shit that people aren't, but I don't need to invite a fight when it's like, I've ignored my, I've literally sat, my kids are waiting for me. My kids are waiting for me to go outside and play basketball with them. My kids are waiting for me to color and draw with them. And I'm fighting with some guy named fucking Ted in Arizona that I never fucking met. Yeah. And it's stupid. It's stupid. So I'm, I'm kind of done too. And I, I kind of get where you're talking, what you're talking about, about, uh, you know, backing off for a while. Yeah, man. I mean, I think you're definitely smart enough too, like to not get, because all they are is like guys shouting from the back of a mob. You know what I mean? You see, like, yeah, you see in the Simpsons. You see it sometimes, like in in the Simpsons, right? And, and it's like you know, someone's on someone's on a platform talking, and then someone just yells, like, or if you see two girls talking, and someone just yells in the back, "Kiss!" Right? It's like you don't you don't see who said that. You just know some fucking coward who's hiding in the middle of a fucking mob. Dude, that's, that's the not... best I've ever. That's actually <laughs> the best example. Yeah, it's just a guy going like, "Dude, I went to um, I was in Arizona performing, and um, one of the comedians there said, hey, me and another comedian just walked on a protest. Like, we just wanted to see there was like a hundred people gathering on one of these streets in Arizona. Not a big protest, anything right. like that. He just wanted to see it. So, and he goes, dude, you know what it was? He goes, we left because it was just a mob of people." looking at every cop going, fuck the police, fuck the police and pointing at them. And he goes to the point where it was like, A, we're not getting anything accomplished here. And B, it literally was just like an angry mob. And it's like, you're not really, and, and, and that's why I love your example, because that's what it is. They're just yelling from the back and they want to be a part of it. And then when you do, and Mick, I've called people out. I go like, one guy was like, yeah, you know, people like the, the one thing people didn't, well, the, the, the negative thing about my special was um the only negative about my special was was the trump jokes and they're going like you know yeah i thought paul was you know funny he was moderately funny until i realized his democrat uh, democratic agenda meanwhile i'm not a democrat so it's like so what i did was i'm not a democrat or a republican i'm just a fucking middle of the road logical thinker and i don't put myself with a party i, I look at things and one guy said something on twitter pissed me off i actually went at him i go Hey, man, I don't know if you paid attention, but I'm actually not a Democrat and your, your thing is wrong, which I shouldn't have done. It's a fucking stupid move. I just was that angry. And then you know what the guy said, Mick? The guy goes, oh, man, no, Verzi, you know I'm a fan, man. I'm just I'm just messing oh, around. I'm going to look. Off. I'm going to check it out again. And it's like, yeah, because he just he just it's almost like a, a laptop talking. It's not even a human. Yeah. And that and that's the that's the thing, too, man. Like they they attack the they will attack, but they'll attack just the wrong part of it too without even listening to the full fucking story listening to the full jo that's always the funniest too you know like what you come after a show and i've had it once or twice like you know i didn't i didn't like the fact that you made fun of disabled kids and i said hold on a second because she was walking out i go 
when did I make fun of a disabled kid? You know, you said your son with the with the ADD. I said, no, no, I didn't. I said, I didn't. I didn't say my son had ADD. I said my son was diagnosed with one of those American things with letters. I said that's all I fucking said, <laughs> right? Now, it's a great joke, right? But I'm like, how are you going to take that to say I mocked disabled people? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and, and then there was another time where like I I don't fucking do those bits any, but I I tried something once at the at the comic strip and I was at a dinner and uh, my wife's family had, um, they, they have like a lot of vets in the family, like a lot of seniors. So there's this old guy and he's sitting next to me, the nicest guy, the funniest guy. I think he's a great uncle or something. And he had like a, a Korean war hat on a Korean war vet hat. And I said to my guy, I turned to him and goes, I didn't know they sold merch at those wars. Right. Yeah. And right. So, <laughs> And, and I saw, I kind of tried to tell that on stage. I tried to make it work, like guys in the fucking shit shooting and someone like, you know, go over there, get me an extra large fucking feet, whatever it was. And the joke fell. The joke didn't, it didn't land, but it's fine. Yeah. And, but I just remember this guy came up to me and he's like, you know, my father served, you know, you know, you really shouldn't disrespect. I guess, but I like, I'm not like, you're not listening to the joke. You're not, you're hearing the words. Yeah. Veteran. And that's, you just assume, I, was, I wasn't making fun of one veteran. It was just to me to see a fucking hat on, like, you know, the yeah. dumb, the dumb part of my brain goes, oh, did he buy it over there? Like during the whole, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but they hear their fucking key words, man. And they go with that. They, they go with it. They don't, they don't hold on to it. Yeah. They, they yeah. It's because they're just waiting for that trigger, man. And, and they, they they don't care about how clever and good the joke is and they don't care they're just if it if it fits their kind of like their agenda or their wheelhouse of offensiveness or whatever then that's all that they you know and and you know i know some comedians that won't even talk to the crowd anymore like listen i just say if somebody comes up to me and says this i just do the thing now or instead of arguing with them i go oh yeah I'm mean, cool man well thank you so much for coming out and i just kind of like you know, I just kind of do that because we have a job to do and our job is to make light of things. And if that's going to fuck you up, then you have a couple of choices. One, you could watch it on, on YouTube or watch the special when it comes out and make your decision then and, 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 and then talk shit there. Or you just don't have to come to a show. And if you do come to my fucking show, just know that I don't understand, Mick. I said every comedy club should have a disclaimer on the fucking next thing going, you're going to hear things about drugs, about disabled people, about violence, about races, about everything. And if that offends you, you walk out and then just fucking make them, you know, take a picture of it before they fucking walk in. Yeah. I never understood that. How to have a club doesn't put it. I think maybe someone might say, I think at the end of the night, which I've seen, which I shouldn't have got to that, where a club owner will defend the comic, which is very rare um, because they just yes. want that guy back next week, right? To buy more chicken wings or whatever. Um, but usually, like when they do defend the comic, you know, they, it's good to see, right? They'll go, oh, well, you know, you, you know, it is a comedy club, and it's not always for, you know, for this, that, the other. And but the weird thing is too, when those people fucking like, it fucks your head then for God knows how long. Like it sits for me at least. It. I remember I did a show. I was on the way to uh, a club in New Jersey, and the guy was booking a private event. It was around St. Patrick's, obviously. So he goes to me. He goes, "Can you drop into this banquet hall and go up? There's all these. There's like Irish singers, Irish dancers. Go up and do 20 minutes, and then come straight to the club." And I go, "Whatever you want to do." So I go through. It was like 500 people there, and man, I'm telling you, I fucking like I I killed. Right? I was just a great quick 20 minutes. And I was like, all right, now I'm walking back to my table to get paid by the woman. And I'm sitting down. This old man stops me. He goes, Mick, Mick, come here. I go, yes, sir. He goes, you're the worst comedian I've ever seen. Now, 
I had done that well that I configured like, well, this guy's obviously being sarcastic. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, better look next time. Better right. look next time. Like, that's how good it was. And then he goes, no, no, seriously. I'd never seen anyone so bad in my life. And this is an old guy. And I'm, so now I'm driving back to the club going, what the fuck happened? <laughs> 499 people love me. But this one guy, I'm like, what the fuck happened? Now I'm yeah. going to go bomb in this club. You know, now I'm going to fucking go bomb because this one guy was up my fucking arse all night about it. Yeah. It's just horrendous, man, how they mess with your head. Yeah, horrendous. It, 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 what you know what it is is that um, we all doing this. We all have like uh, insecurities, right? Oh, of course we do, and and that's obviously a big reason why we do it. For whatever reason, we went through something. I was actually talking to uh, Bill Burr about this last night about like how fathers are a huge part of you know people's fathers are a huge part of what we of what we do. By the way, man, I'm sorry about your loss. Oh, cheers for that, man. Thanks you know, so much. Uh, and, 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 you know, just either whether it's acceptance from a family member, whether it's something traumatizing that happened, we do what we do for a reason. And that's exactly why our brain focuses on the one guy not smiling when everybody else is laughing their ass off. Because to us, we're more concerned. That's how fucking nuts and insecure a comedian is that we're more concerned with Forget the 500, 600 people that love us and are going to send us the one guy going like, fuck this guy who booked this guy. We're more concerned with pleasing that person. And it, and it really is our thing. But I've gotten to the point now where I've and it. Listen, it took me probably longer than it should have. But now I'm at the point where there's like a defiance I have where I'm like, you know, something good. And this is something that um. I know that like I, re I would watch like I, I had the fortune to uh, open for Patrice a couple times oh, and, wow. and uh, rest his soul. And, and, and I would watch people get up and walk out. And a lot of times it would be like women because he would say something always hilarious. And then I'm realizing and, and we've said it before. Those were never going to be fans anyway. So it's like weed them out. So it's like when you do something, that guy coming up to you, Mick, and going like, oh, you're the worst comedian. I said, for whatever reason, whether he was just trying to be, you know, malicious or, or, sure. or, or whatever, it's almost like, like good. Then you know what? You, you know what? You just won. You, you won the, the, the award of never having this guy to ever be at your show again, never, <laughs> having to, never having to deal with him again, and then moving forward with the people that actually do want you there. But we're so fucked up and insecure that our mind doesn't go there for now. But now I feel like I'm finally like, you know something? You didn't like me good. We don't have to deal with each other anymore. You know what? You're the crazy girlfriend out of my life. Fuck you, you know? <laughs> it's, that, uh, it's that scene from a Bronx tale. Over the twenty dollars, right? Oh, oh, now he's out of your life for he's out of your life for twenty dollars now. Who yeah, gives this, a shit? this guy owes me fucking money, and he goes, "Well, what do you now? Now he's out of your life. It cost you twenty to get that guy out of your life." And it's like same thing with the audience. Yeah, exactly. It's like you you weren't gonna be a fan anyway because if the things that I said made you think I was terrible, then then you don't have to watch my stand up anymore, and I don't have to talk to you anymore. Yeah, fucking good luck to him. Good luck to him. Good luck to you. Yeah, and you know what? Find happiness wherever because if you can at a comedy show. When when five hundred people did, then I feel bad for you. Right, right. Yeah. And listen, what I wanted to what I wanted to talk to you, man, is about is you just got back from performing in Arizona. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, oh fuck me, I gotta find out. You are now the Marco Polo, the the, <laughs> the, the Chris Columbus, the James Cook of exploring. <laughs> yeah. About I was like, I want to know how. How, like, were you, were you rusty? Did you do COVID material? Did you not? Did you address it? Did you just move on? Like, what, what, how did it do? How did you do it? I'll, I'll give you the whole thing. I'll yeah. give you the whole thing. So um, what happened was when I found out 
when I found out that I had the antibodies um, for the virus, I was like, look, you know, I've been home a while now. Okay. My family, all my family had this thing and we're, we're, you know, we're okay now. Thank God. We talked to doctors and I have the antibodies. They were like, do you want to donate blood? If you donate blood and plasma, you could save up to three lives. I was like, absolutely. We're waiting to schedule for that. Now we have not done that yet, but you know, we found out that we have antibodies. So what I did was I just hit up my agent and manager and I'm like, look, you know, yes, money would be, yes, a little bit of money during this time helps. Yes, you know, uh, getting back out there and 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 doing it again is, is really more important. Like I want to, you know, I had the hour. Luckily for me, Mick, the hour I was touring with and I had it and we were ready to go and we were ready to start talking to platforms and networks and all these different things. Right. And then the pandemic happens. So that, that was actually, believe it or not, a plus for me because had the album come out, I mean, had the hour come out or the special come out, then now it's like now I'm months and I literally have nothing. So I'm just going to go on and bomb. But since I have the hour, I just hit up, I, I hit up my, my agent manager. I go, listen, I got antibodies. And if there's any place that will have, you know, like I'm ready to go. And they literally came back like that day, the next day. And they were like, oh, we got something July 4th. Oh, and I'm like, wow. you know, that's, I was like, that's that weekend. You know, first of all, it's already going to be half capacity. Uh, me and my family are always together. That's not going to work. So then they came back the next week. And they were like, hey, man, I know it's short notice, but same club, um, Arizona, the owner, you know, it's a great, like, they're really, really good at, like, running it. They run a stand-up live in Phoenix. They run the Tempe Improv. And now they their third room, which is about a year old, uh, is Copper Blues. And they were like, it's June 12th. Or, do you want to do it? So, you know, I had a, you know, discussion with Rory, our manager, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and I was like, look, um, I'm ready to go and let's book the flight and let's do it that, you know, the money is, is cool. And, and mm -hmm. more importantly, getting on stage now, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> fucking Arizona is the biggest COVID spike in the fucking country. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Mick, this shit happens two days before I'm about to fly out. So we called up, we called up the agent and, and Rory made some calls and they literally like, I, I have to give William Morris credit. They called up hospitals they, they talked to hospitals. One hospital out there wow. was like, no, we're still okay. Another hospital was like, oh, starting to fill up. And it was a difference between the suburb and the city. Luckily, I was more a little bit in a suburb. But after talking to everybody, talking to the club, we just decided, you know what, we're going to be super safe and I'm going to go ahead and still do it. So I fly out there, get to the hotel, clean, you know, wear the mask, do the whole thing go to the show. And I got to tell you, dude, I got on stage that Friday night. It's, it's, so it's half capacity, but it looks, it's packed because they, the right, way, right. I mean, and who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't ask questions. I could just tell you there were people in there really excited. They had three different microphones, one for the host, one for the middle, one for myself. They clean them out. They changed the parts of the microphones and all that. And dude, I went out there and I did about, what did I do? I did about maybe a minute or two on what was going on. I was just like, Hey, you know, I, you know, one of my opening jokes, one of my opening jokes, which I just felt was perfect was when I said, um, you know, I, I beat the, I beat COVID. Thank God me and my family had it. And then I happened to fly out to a place that has the most, you know, so <laughs> I kind of was just kind of breaking the ice that way. And then, um, then I did a joke, which, which everybody's going, you know, really loved was this joke about like how they said about the UFOs and the aliens and, and nobody cared. Like that's how crazy 2020 was that they admitted that. <laughs> and then that, that went like really good. And then boom, right into the act. And, and I got to tell you, dude, it was amazing because at about 15 minutes, Mick, 
it just, I, it was like back. It was like, okay. Oh, wow. It was like, yeah, it was like, and I'll tell any comedian, any comedian listening to this, don't be afraid of when you get back, if you're going to know your act or forget your act. I would be more afraid of making sure that they're taking precautions to make you safe and that you, you feel safe and that like, you know, every, you know, obviously no meet and greets, you know, nothing like that. But in Arizona, they don't give a fuck about COVID. That's like a fucking liberal disease to them. You know, I was supposed to be out there before, right? I I think it was um, April, April 1st, around that, around that weekend, I was supposed to be out there in Arizona. So I was like, fuck, I pissed. I mean, it was my first time going out there. Oh yeah. No, I got to talk. You know, I definitely, I got to tell those clubs about you and shit. You got to go out there. They're great. And you'll love the clubs, but like, you know, it, it was great, man. Like, and then Friday night was amazing. Believe it or not, my first show back after what, four months, whatever it was, almost was like my best set. Like I felt like we could have recorded it. And then, and then Saturday was like, you know, these people were so anxious and happy to be there that like Saturday first show kind of felt like a rowdy late show. And it was great, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of like, you know, doing crowd work and talking. And, and then all of a sudden I got that muscle back. And then the second show Saturday yeah. was back. And then, you know, Sunday was like an older reserved kind of more family crowd that comes out on Saturday. So then I had to kind of like know what it was felt like to kind of tone that down. So like the whole thing, the whole thing was, um, was amazing. Uh, the whole thing was amazing. And I felt like, man, I'm back. And, you know, and obviously now it's going to be hard. I'm not getting on who knows till when, but, um, yeah. So I'll tell you this, when you do get back out there, your, your act is going to come back. What I did was I listened to my set in my, in the hotel room more than I ever would. Cause normally I like, I just go on stage and, and, you know, and, right. and I'll figure it out. But, um, when you're in the, in the midst of touring and doing that, you just figure it out. Oh, maybe I'll do this. But I really had to like write down the order and be like, wait, what, where does that tag go? Cause it's been months. And then it just started to, and then it just started to come back. So I prepared a little more than I would other otherwise, but, um, it all came back and it was awesome. And, you know, as long as knock on wood, I don't get sick again, which I got to tell you, we were really safe and people were hit. Dude, I was fucking, this is hilarious. I'm out there. And right when I get there, I'm getting texts. Hey man, you all right? It's bad out there. It's like right when I got there and I'm going, dude, should I fucking have been here? I, I don't even know what, and, and, but then I was just like, you know what? You're here. I stayed in the hotel other than pretty much going to get a bite to eat. And I would distance myself. I remember the whole weekend I shook only two hands. And after I did, I ran and washed them. So, um, but yeah, other than that, man, it was, it was pretty good that's great man because like it it's i had got and i had asked to go down had been asked to go down to south carolina to a club down there and i i just wanted to go so bad but then a part of me was because as you know the whole thing evolved right you've got to wear a mask then don't wear a mask then it's dangerous yeah. then it's not and it's just, every every asshole had an opinion on it. everyone was a doctor yeah um <laughs> you know and their their inconvenience you know trumped the science of it all you know what i mean and I, I was like, kind of like, if I go down to South Carolina, right in the middle of all, like, is it disrespectful to the people who have lost people? Because I know a woman who lost her father to COVID. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, am I disrespecting them by going, fuck it, I'm going down to South Carolina and I'm going to get up on stage. But I said, you know what, fuck it. So what I did was like, I, I didn't write much material during and I still, like, I've come up with maybe what I'd like to say, maybe a whole, maybe just a new 15 minutes because I didn't want to write COVID style material because right. it's going to be outdated. And if you're on a, on a show of a, like during the week or a weekend at a, at a club, right. And you're, you're guy number five that gets up there. Like really COVID stuff. Okay. I haven't heard of that shit before. Exactly. You know what I mean? And because it, it changes so much too. 
it's like, do you want to fucking waste your time writing about something that's, is it going to piss the audience off because they're out to get away from that shit and you're just going to fucking push them right back into it? Right. So I just, I got a few bits that kind of came out of just started off talking about it and then like that kind of, like, you know, just interactions now because of COVID with my son. I'm like, fuck you, let me tell that story. Let me, or because my home, my son was doing homeschooling, I get into this fight with my wife where one of us had to leave the house for the night. Um, I'm like, <laughs> oh, mate, that, that's no joke because my son was, it's a long story, but he was learning something in school and then I, I like, really? This is like the type of shit they're teaching their kids and she was like, and she's this way and we're going back. I go, I, I'll leave. Oh, good night. Good leave. And I fucking went to Walmart for a few hours. And it was just, <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it was. So I'm like, all right, do I talk? What, where do I put my, so what I did was I sat down and I wrote out my hour word for word, which is something I normally don't do because I kind of write on stage I, and then I listen to my set uh, the next day with a fresh, because, you know, if you, when I write on stage and I record it, let's say if I have a fucking great set, now I'm listening, if I listen to it on the way home, I'm listening to it with ego. Like, you're the shit, you just fucking killed. That joke is perfect. And then if I bombed with it and I'm driving home, listen to it, I'm like, you suck, you should fucking quit. Why you listen to this shit? Yeah. So I listen to it the next day on a fresh pair of ears on very, very neutral ground. And then I kind of like add more tags and then go back out and try them. So I just wrote out my hour with new taglines. And it was a small part of me going like, I may, will I fucking forget my jokes? And I had to pause a second, but then I got back and I, I feel I made my hour stronger, if anything. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's, that's my, now, my new goal now is when I get out there, just to polish it down and just let's see what we can do if we can try to get it sold somewhere. I'm going to get it recorded and see if we can sell it somewhere. That's my goal now. That, and you know what, man, that's exactly why you're going to be successful because like, you know, anytime I talk to somebody about this business and I really want to give advice, I go, man, you know what you got to do? You got to, so many comedians are fixated on the wrong shit, Mick. Everybody's fixated on, I got to get into this room. I got to fucking, right. I got to do sets in the city. And it's like, no, you don't. What you really need to do, man, is you need to have long-term and short-term goals. And if a short-term goal is, you know, if a short-term goal is to get an album recorded in that year or whatever, 18 month span, if that's your, your short goal is one year to get the hour done, then you focus on that. And then everything else is kind of gravy. And then the long-term goal is where you're going to be in two or three years from there and what you're going to be doing. And when a comic's mind is there, and when a comic's mind is like, I remember 2015, my goal was I'm shooting an hour album. I'm going to shoot my first album. And, and I did that. And then after that, a couple of years went by and it's like, okay, well now it's time for a special. And I just focused on the jokes. I focused on going on the road and stretching it out. And I focused on working on the bits in the city when I could, but it's not, Oh, I'm just going to go run around doing $25 spots around the city to pay rent. I know some people have to do that, but right, the right. Shit that you said it, it, it's really, you know, and, and I don't listen back really. The only thing, what I do is I'll record my set. And then I record it only for the moments that I know were new and where I added. And then I'll listen to that because I know the other ones will sometimes be either sharp as per, sharp as a, as, as a sharpest knife or it, that night I just might've done it differently or whatever it was, but the shit that I'm gaining from the set. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't listen and I never ever listen to something that was like, if it's negative, I'll just be like, ah, you suck. You know, and I'll be like, you fucking suck and this stinks. And then I'll just laugh it off and be like, all right, the next time I do it, I'm going to do it the way, you know, that I want to do it. Yeah. And that's, the, I mean, I, I guess, I, I mean, everyone's got the process on it. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, just just to, to the guys who bounce around and like you said, I, I they do they they some some guys need to do that. But man, like I said, it's like all I've like some of the things I've done right and 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 I'm not just saying it because you're on here, but I watch what you're doing, right? And I go, all right, you like obviously. I got to follow a fucking plan. I got to, and I am structured in, in, I'm very disciplined in my, in my, cause the days of are long over of, I'm just going to go up and kill and feel good and go up with all the hits as if you want to call them that. Right. Right. And then I walk out and go, yeah, now I got the admiration of a line of people saying goodnight to you, taking pictures. And because I had such a great set, but I'm like, no, fuck that. I got to put all that shit behind me because I know I can do that. Now for me, I enjoy bombing because I know, I know I need that's where the more work. That's where more of the work needs to go. Right, you know where right? it's leading to. Yeah, and I, and I love that. But when I watch someone like you, man, and again, I'm not just saying it because you're here. I'm like, all right, that that's I'm fucking chasing. Like I'm I'm running behind like what you're doing. Like I don't have shit online because I was told don't post. I've got one set online, I think. Right, one set from when I did that show years ago uh, live at Gotham. Mm-hmm. Right, so I have nothing online because I was told don't put your stuff online. Right by by old old veterans, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to do it. And then I come out and I'm hanging around. Like now, I see people like you're out there, right? Andrew Schultz out there, fucking Liz Milley. I've talked to Liz a lot, and it's like these people just have content, constant content. I'm like, fuck it, I just gotta. So now I got this camera crew coming around me when I'm when I'm done, and there I'm just going to get this shit. I'm just going to get it all out there, and because I'm just I'm. I, I, I'm just done with, with this way of working now. Now it's like, I don't give a shit who sees it. Let me just get Because if anything this has shown, man, is that like online is... I mean, look at you. You fucking like ticked... Who'd have thought that? I like when The day I saw you say you got, I think it was like how many million hits on TikTok? Yeah, it was like... Well, when it first started, I found out through my son's 11-year-old friend. They were on the phone. <laughs> and, my, and I hear my son... I hear my son in the fucking kitchen with his friend James and James is going, Lucas, do you have a TikTok account? And Lucas, my son, Lucas goes, no. And he goes, dad, do you? And I go, no. And then I just hear his son's voice just go, well, he's got like 2.1 million hits and and 660,000 likes. And I'm going, what? And right now it's 4.2 million views and 1.1 million likes. And I had no idea. So what Comedy Central did was they put my joke about Star Wars and my daughter, the lightsaber joke, they put it on May 4th on the thing and the thing starts to explode. I don't even know about it. But then that made other jokes on their YouTube, I mean, on their Facebook explode. But um. Yeah. And, and first of all, I appreciate what you say, man. I appreciate it. And, and you know what? What you're doing is smart because look at this. Unfortunately, comics that are I'm not going to say bitter, but comics that are older or veterans that like have their way of thinking. And, and, and this is not to be disrespectful to anybody, but it's almost like you got to look at where they're at now. And when you you know, the way of the world right now. And it took me a long time. Mick, I'm not good online. And one of the biggest things people say to me is, and I do take this as a compliment, but it's also frustrating, is some people are like, yo, your stand-up is way too beyond where your social media numbers are. And I'm like, look, you know what? I was never a guy to want to record myself frying eggs. You know, I was never, yeah. I, it just, I was never the guy to be like, all right, man, walk into my car. Yeah, sometimes when I'm on the road, I'll put a video out there. But now I realize, I'm like, look, if I got a good bit, you know, and, and what I, my, my suggestion to any comedian listening to this is 
And again, dude, what you said is 100 percent smart, smart when you said like the days of killing just to feel good because you could do it are over because you're somebody that I know was a fighter. Right. Literally. Yeah. You're literally a fighter. You're, you're a kickboxer. Right. You're a fighter. So if you go out and you're kicking the shit out of everybody in your division or whatever, and then it's like, OK, great. Like, I got that. But eventually, like, if you want to become champion, you want to go, you know that you're going to go against some guys that just have way more weapons that are just way better, that are that are going to probably beat you a couple of times or, or 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 give you a better fight, I should say, um, until you ultimately until you ultimately get there. And with comedy, man, it's the same as like, you know, it's, it's the same as that. It's like I need to fucking put myself out there and don't be afraid to do it. If you have a joke that kills Get a, I'll tell any comedian this, get a YouTube channel, anybody, anybody can go past anybody in this business. There can be a comedian that has five years less experience than both me or you. But if they're doing, if they're doing shit that like, you know, Andrew Schultz is you know, getting cameras out and getting a studio and doing that, yeah. you know, during this pandemic, I built a studio in the house. I also launched a YouTube channel, YouTube channels going good. I'm going to start a web series and, um, you know, so doing all those things and putting yourself out there and, and really going for it, man, and, and really showing people what you can do. Plus, you're a funny dude. You're funny. So it's like, why not? Oh, show the, why not show the world that? Because if you have a killer joke that you did and and you go, man, I did this joke last night at the brokerage or I did this joke last night at, 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 at Gotham or or the stress factory right. and it fucking tore the place down, man. I wish people could see that. Well, now they can. And and if you can get if you can get 10,000 to see it and then they share it and retweet it. And then all of a sudden and it's like, yo, man, you see that joke that that Mick Thomas did? Like, I'll, I'll give you a per example. So Bill Burr, who just is always looking at in, in, always looking, always looking. Yeah, he's always watching. He saw a joke. You know, you, you, it's funny. You mentioned Liz Mealy and he said something. He goes, uh, oh, yeah, you know who Liz Mealy is? He goes, yeah, I saw a joke she did about antidepressants. It's really funny and smart. So I posted it. Or, hey, man, that joke that Sam Morell did, man, that's really funny. So I'll tell people, go there. So it's like, now I know Bill. So I'll be like, hey, Bill, did you see Mick Thomas's joke about so so Dude, that's funny. And I'm just, using, right. I'm just using him as an example. But of course. imagine that. But then you'll get like, uh, you know, you get somebody else that you respect. You get like a Doug Stanhope or you get, you get all these comedians going, dude. That dude, fucking, that dude's joke, man. That guy, Mick Thomas, that joke was fucking like, and, and it was so funny. And now what you've done is, now what you've done is it's like, okay, all eyes on you. Where's this guy performing? Where's this guy's material? And before you, dude, what I've done, you know, I was always constantly, constantly keep building. But the weakest part of my game, uh, and I hope I'm not boring you with this shit, dude. No, please. But please. The, the, the weakest part of my game was always my social media presence. My wife, I would even drive my wife. I had a manager one time go, dude, just give me your Twitter account because you fucking stink at it. And <laughs> it wasn't because it wasn't because I couldn't say something funny on there. It was just because to sit there in, in front of my phone and go, all right, what could I say that's funny? Like that wasn't, I was more of the organic, like give me a fucking microphone and a crowd and a stage and then you're going right. to see what I can do. And, and I want to continue to get better at that because I know that there's weaknesses in that. There's always going to be weaknesses in stand-up because you can just always get better and better and better and better. But that's what my passion was. My passion was not, like I said, taking an Instagram, doing a video, doing a dance and making people go, oh, this guy's so that, that's just not what I wanted to do. But I did learn like, no, you know what? I do have a voice and opinion and I do need to be better. Stop making excuses 
And, and you know what you do need to, cause it's part of the business, man. Being, being great at this is not just stand up. And I've learned that. I've learned that from really great comedians. You got to be good at the business. You got to obviously the way you treat people, you got to kind of sure. like we were talking short-term, long-term goals. So all that stuff. So no disrespect to the comedians that you spoke to that were saying you shouldn't put stuff out there. But I, I actually, now I look at the opposite because let's say you have a great joke about, um, the first thing that comes to my mind, like sword fighting, right? Sword fights. Right. I don't know what the fuck I came up with that, but I know what you're looking at your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you have the, yeah, you have the best, you have this fucking killer joke about people that sword fight, whether it's in movies or in the Olympics. Right. And now you put that out there and it gets a ton. First of all, nobody's going to do a sword fight joke now, you know, nobody. It does protect it. Yeah, it prote- you're right. It protects it. And it's like, Oh shit. So now um, a perfect example is, my joke, which I know, I don't know. I think it has only like, tw- it's got like 12,000 views, but I'm the only, I was one of the only comedians were doing it. And it was 2020 is so crazy that we, the United States government said that there's UFOs and aliens and nobody gave a fuck. And we admitted there's aliens and it was like, yeah, that's great. When's the cheesecake factory opening up right <laughs> now? Now that joke, that's fucking great. And, uh, no, and people were loving it. People were hitting me up about it. And, and I really appreciate that. But here's the thing. Now that's my perspective of it. So nobody's going to be able to talk about how cr- nobody's perspective on 2020 is going to be that now because it can be the UFOs thing. Cause I have it out there and that's something, right. that, and that's something that I'm proud of. So, um, but no, man, all the things that you're saying are, are why you're going to be successful and not to mention Mick. And now I'm not saying this because you're here and, and I'm talking to you. I'm saying this cause it's true. Um, everything I've seen you do, every conversation I've had, all the jokes that I know you do are fucking hilarious. So it's just, so you're the type of, you're the type of guy that it's a matter of being seen. It's a matter of getting it out there, being seen. And throwing your shit out there for people to to see, you know, how fucking dope you are because 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 the the quality, the quality is there. And 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 but if the eyeballs aren't, it doesn't make sense. Like, like you could be the funniest motherfucker. I mean, I'm sure there's probably fun, somebody somewhere sitting in the world that's funnier than everybody, but he's just sitting there. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. And I appreciate you saying that, man. And it's like, like you said, though, like even one of the reasons, too, I took a break from the social media is also to reevaluate, reevaluate my social media. Like I look at my social media. It was like I was putting stuff out there just to put it out. Right. Like I look at someone like one of the nicest guys out there. Um, Tank Sinatra, you know, Tank. I, I have friends that know him, but I don't know. Him. Right. Nice guy. Four point something million followers for putting up memes. That's not disrespecting him. That's that's what he does. Yeah. Right. So then I'm like, ah, fuck it, let me just put some dumb memes up on the, on the thing. And uh, the first one I kind of, what I really created was a picture. <laughs> my, da- my dad died a few weeks j- about just before for the COVID. So my brother sent me a picture of the grave. Now, when you go, I don't know what's like done over here because I never lost anybody over here, thank God. But in, in, in Ireland, the way it is, when someone dies, they put them down. They don't put a headstone up for six months because they want to let the dirt settle and all that stuff before they can put a headstone up. So my brother sent me a picture of the grave, how he cleaned it up, put flowers on it. So I stuck that picture up with a meme on it and said, geez, my dad is taking this quarantine a little seriously. <laughs> or whatever, a little too serious. Can't remember. Yeah. And again, that's so disrespectful to your father. I'm like, for fuck's sake. So I just got, so I was just sticking memes up there. I'm like, now I'm going to go through all my fucking social media and just delete the shit that I'm embarrassed about and only, only put up content that I want to be known for. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't want someone, like, see a poster. Oh, Mick Thomas is coming here this weekend. Who is he? you never seen him before. Let me go onto this page. What? 
some fucking cat falling out of a tree. What? Right. Like, I just, you know what I mean? So like, I, I just going to do a whole fucking, th- this whole quarantine for me personally has been a blessing. I got to spend more time with the family because I was running myself fucking ragged, man. I was just doing too much. I was chasing too much and I realized to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um, well, you, well, obviously you got to work fucking insanely hard, but you know what I'm trying to say? Be, be smart with my time. 100%. I fucking, I went back, I went back to school for Christ's sake. Well, I was like, you know, let me fucking get some education while I'm here. Nice. I, uh, yeah, spent all the time with my fucking kids learning Spanish just for the sake of it, played more guitar and just really fucking evaluating everything, man. And, and I, I'm in better shape than I've ever been in because like the only two feelings I've ever gotten in my life of, of just pure satisfaction was fighting and stand up. And the second I moved over here, I wasn't fighting, said, fuck it, I got to fight. Straight into the Golden Gloves. Two years in a row. Fucking loved it. Stand up started. I'm like, all right, now I can say goodbye to fighting. But then when I lost stand up, now I'm back training like a fighter again. Right. Like it's it's insane. Five to seven miles a fucking day running unnecessarily. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, like a fucking moron. I'm like, who am I fighting? Like, who am I fighting now? That's great. One, you know, one kidney like an asshole. Like, I'm like, you know, run around like a fucking lunatic. And it's like, I'm using this whole fucking pandemic. Man. I think the funniest thing, I think the funniest thing of all that is that you were like, fuck it, I'm going to learn Spanish. Just, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Like, of all, like, that's just such a funny, but no, man. And that's exactly <laughs> that. But that mentality, your children and family are lucky how the mentality, dude. I, I fucking built a podcast studio in my house. I, after I, after we, after I got COVID man and, and, um, and I got out of that, I was like, all right, man, I got this room in the garage. Let me gut this thing and paint it. Um, and then I was like, what do I need to do? And then I, I talked to a guy that wanted to produce my show and we started doing the, the, the zoom podcasts and that right. started, you know, that started going up and I said, let, you know, we launched a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel went this and then unbeknownst to me, I find out about the TikTok. So we're putting out more videos and we're doing it. And it's like, um, I remember, you, you know, you mentioned Scholes and what, what's smart about Scholes is he's got that like motivational thing where he goes, he said something really smart and he goes, if you wanted to do something now, you got the time. If you, you know, and he's right. And, and I was, yeah. I was, I was honestly thinking like that. I'm like, yo, if you wanted to write a screenplay, if you wanted to write a screenplay, you had three months to write a movie. You know, it's like, there's no more excuses. And even if you, you know, you go out, you take the kids out, you do something when the kids are in bed and your wife's in bed and now you're not on stage, you and a buddy or you and your buddy who writes, you want to write a movie or you want to write a television show you had from late March and it's still going on. So you, you, you know, you, you can still be writing that or you could still figure out where was my online presence weakest. Let me get that stronger. And the fact that you did that is why, because there are some comedians who were sitting on a couch, turning into fat fucks. And they're waiting and they're not right and they're not ready. And that's going to be, that's going to be evident when this, when this thing is over. Yeah, man. The amount of people talk, come back to me saying, Hey, I got, I got to watch all the Sopranos and Game of Thrones. I'm like you lazy motherfucker. That's all yeah. you did. Yeah. That's all you fucking did is more television. Yeah. That, I that's what you took from this. Yeah, I literally, yeah. Like I tried to watch shows. I actually, my brother talked me to the only shows I watched was one season. There's only one season of Hunters which was 10, 10 episodes. Me and my wife watched it at night. Um, and, and I, and I watched Ozark, but I don't have time to watch. I never watched game of Thrones. I never watched breaking bad. I never watched that shit. First of all, I don't have the time, but I would rather do something with my family and then be creative. Um, than, than to, to sit around and do it. Now, what I want to do is the shit you're doing where 
I want to run and I want to, cause I want to drop. My goal is to drop and I think I could do it, but my goal is to drop like 15 to 20 pounds from now until like first week of August. Like that's my, that's what I want to do. You, you can do that, man. Very, 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 very easy. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. If you, if you, if you do it smart, man, without killing yourself, you can, you can absolutely, I, I gained weight this week. Like, and it, because I don't know what it is with the way I've, uh, I had an overactive thyroid. So I used to fight all different weight classes. I never had to cut weight, but if I ever wanted to, I would go, all right, that's the way you want me to do. I'll just, I'll just make an adjustment. I never had to go into sweat boxes or sauna suits. Do you eat like a, do you still eat like a fighter or no? Yeah, I do. And, but the, the, I'm very bland. Like I don't, I don't eat food. Like if I go out, let's say you and I are out, we'll go for a restaurant. I'm there to enjoy myself. Right. Right. I'm not watching my figure, the calories or whatever. I'm there. Enjoy the food, the conversation, everything about it. But when I'm at home, I'm very, very bland, very bland. Uh, I have a cheat day, which is Sunday. And that's from morning to night. I just eat chocolate all fucking day, all day long. Oh, that's and it. it's, Yeah, that's that's my weakness. That's man, your weakness. Chocolate. Okay. <laughs> and it's just I'm I'm very I've always been disciplined. Right. So I, I the biggest thing I did for weight loss when I started this, I, I tried the carnivore diet that everyone was talking about. Yeah. And I lost a shitload away from it. It was probably one of the better things I've done. Uh, eating wise, what is that? Is that the keto? No, no, it's carnivore. It's 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 a little bit more than keto. You could probably honestly looking back at it, even though I still do it now. Uh, keto is probably a better way to go. You'll enjoy yourself more. You have more options, but the carnivore was only meat or animal products. That is it. That is, is like I was on two steaks a day, um, and you lost weight. A ton of weight. A fucking t- it fell off. Wow. It fe- like within within like. And that's not even training extra, like any, because I started it before the gym shut down. And I would go to the gym like an asshole and waste about two hours, half an hour on the treadmill, listening to my sets. Um, you know, that way, because I, I could analyze it a little bit in my head because I'm thinking more and my mind is moving. Uh, and then I would just walk in like I needed doing weights. Once, and even then I was dropping weight like crazy just from the change of diet. Once the gym shut, I, I, I have to break into a school over here every day. Like I got to hop a 10 foot fence. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was telling, I was telling Rory this, the cops had to chase me out of there a few times um, <laughs> because it's a running field and I run around that, but at each, each maybe 50 yards, there's a workout station where I could drop through 50 pushups, 50 pull-ups run, keep her next. You know what I mean? So I've been doing that now. And, uh, but I'm, now I'm talking about even when I was at the peak fighting, I'm in better shape now to the point where I call up my friend, uh, Christian Vasquez owns a boxing club out here. I'm like, could you get me a fight? Wow. You know, could you, could you get me a fight? And then, then, then I'm reminded of that. You've got one kidney asshole and two children. Like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, 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 so you fighters are so funny. Cause you, you guys are so out of your minds with like needing that, that you're just like, Oh, I'm in shape. Let me go fight. It's, it's, <laughs> I would, yeah, but I, yeah, <laughs> no, but I think that's because I'm missing stand up and I need that fucking that adrenaline because I was never the only time I was afraid of was uh, stand up is when you do a corporate gig and there's a lot of zeros behind the, 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 the five. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? You're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, I have to fucking like, I want to be this zeros good as opposed to just going up and doing a set and going, nah, they didn't like me, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not for them. It's the middle of the day. The sound is like, 
you kind of get nervous then, like, because you, you just, you don't want to be a fraud, right? You want to earn, you want to fucking earn that money. But because of fighting, I was never afraid to get on stage ever, ever. Yeah. Be- you know? Yeah. Because what, yeah, because what, because the alternative, like, see, like, and that's why I think like these UFC guys, like to get knocked out in front of the world or to, to, to have the chance to, or, you know, to, or to fight and in front of that many people and, 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 and get bludgeoned if you do, or, or bludgeon somebody. I mean, th- what's telling dick jokes for a little while? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's nothing then. Man, I got knocked out in Germany, 4,000 people looking at me. And then the rule in Germany was that if you get knocked, even knocked out as in, as in not unconscious, where the referee has to jump in and stop the fight, yeah. you have to leave on a stretcher still. Do you know how embarrassing it is to fucking be carried on a stretcher <laughs> when there's nothing wrong with you? Right? <laughs> just like, I got to pretend to be knocked out now just so fucking... Uh, just, yeah, just right? to make it worth it. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, so if someone doesn't laugh at my dick joke, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it puts it into perspective so much because there's so much more on the line, man. And it's like, I couldn't imagine some of these guys fighting for a world title on a, on, on a, on a championship stage, whether it would be boxing or UFC, with their wife and kids in the front. And there's a chance that your kid's going to have that memory of you getting the shit kicked out of you you know, and all that stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to tell some jokes and some may be great and some may not. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to fucking, you know, eat something and put a movie on. Like, what do I give a fuck? Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, you're right. Yeah. It's, it, it's the risk is, you know, but both are, you know, Chris Rock and a bunch of other people always compared. Uh, a lot of people have always compared being a fighter to stand up because um, they were saying like Chris Rock was like, you know, when you bomb, it is like getting knocked out. You're up there alone. It's you kind of versus the crowd. I guess it's one of the closest things to like, you know, oh shit, what's going to happen type thing. But again, going back to what we're saying, the risk isn't there. But, you know, being the, the beautiful thing about being a stand-up is it's really your mind versus the masses. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking, if you really think about how amazing it is, it's your mind, your brain power, your your mind, your thoughts your mind, thoughts, and creativity are now standing there with a microphone, an amplifier, to whether it's two hundred or a thousand, whatever it is, and and are you going to outwit them, and and make them, you know, make them laugh and 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 love your shit? It's 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 remarkable, man. Yeah, you know what? If I I I couldn't imagine doing anything else now. Like I could never, like that's why I've heard some comics say they're nervous about going back, in relation to what we spoke about earlier, forgetting the material. Some some guy I know a guy who just quit. He goes, I'm done. Guy's been around for 25, 30, excuse me, 25, 30 years. He just said, I'm I'm done. I can't, this is my excuse to quit. And I quit. I'm like, all right, well, good luck to you. But I, I just can't imagine not doing this, man. Yeah. Not fucking and making that, guy that, that connection. Quit, that, and that guy that quit quit long before this mentally. Yeah, he did. He, he absolutely did. A hundred percent did. Yeah. When 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 this is the thing that goes, see like the, the crazy thing about this pandemic, and again, I hope I'm not keeping you, but I'm in, I'm enjoying no, no, please. you, man. Um, the, the crazy thing about this pandemic is that it, um, it, it was a cleansing. Do you know what I mean? And, and it was a cleansing for, for both good and bad. It was a cleansing for like, you know what? This is going to show people how hungry they are. This is going to get people that really weren't hacking it either to step it up and start to change things or to get out of the business because, you know, maybe they weren't, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, 
um, almost like a house cleaning where, you know, and, and like, again, it could be good. There could be somebody that was, like you said, your, your buddy waiting for an excuse to be like, you know what? Um, I was kind of mentally done and now this happened and this is a sign and I'm going to fucking get a retirement job and I'm going to fucking drive a bus and that's going to put me at peace or I'm going to fucking write a book and I'm just done. Then good for them. Like you said, good luck to you and all that. And then guys like you and me are like, all right, I got time now. I'm on pause. What am I going to do to get better? What are the weakest parts of my game that are going to get better now? And 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 what am I going to do when everything is back that I didn't do the first time or or before this, I should say, to to get better? It's all it's all perspective, dude, and it it is all hungry. There's a reason why, and I know this shit sounds corny, and I know this shit sounds cliché, but it's the fucking truth. And a lot of times when corny and cliché shit comes out, it, it, it is the truth and it's supposed to. And it's that there's a reason Tom Brady is Tom Brady. There's a reason yeah. why Michael Jordan and there's a reason why these fucking people that just have a fight and a fire and want to keep going. You know, you listen to somebody like Kevin Hart and whether somebody likes Kevin Hart stand up or not, that's not what I'm talking about. That's irrelevant to my point. My point is you watch that guy fucking getting up running miles a day then all of this his whole thing is like what's his company doing what 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 other projects is he doing uh, getting the stand-up special all these different like that you're like that guy was never gonna fail that guy was never going to fail yeah. just because of you know all of these different people so um i look at it like that and that's why i choose to stay but you know come in full circle what we're talking about i choose to stay to stay positive and i'm not delusional I know that I have a lot of work to do to get better. I know that I'm never going to put something out that was not better than the last thing that I did. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it always, yeah, it always course. has to be better because that's just, you know, that's what we do when we move forward. But you, like, you can't coast. Yeah. Yeah. I choose to surround myself with people like you, Mick. I choose to surround myself with people that when I talk to them like this, it's not like, Oh yeah, there goes Paul again with his, you know, his optimistic shit or like that, you know, and it's like, no, 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 don't put your fucking, don't put your shit on me. Don't put your, you know, the other shoe is going to drop shit on me. That's how you live. And that's how you think where I'm looking at the next goal and the next thing that I could do. And you're looking at it like everything sucks. Comedy's over this and that. And it's like, I don't like being around people like that. I always surround myself with people who, who are kind of like, like me, you know? Yeah, man. And that's a fucking, that's a great message. And it, it really is like, I mean, you look at the greats of everything and to, I agree and disagree with, with a, a point Conor McGregor uh, makes a lot. He says, there's no such thing as talent. There's only, there's only hard work. Right. And I kind of agree with that to, 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 a, to some sense, like you're not going to get a famous, op like a really great opera singer who's just like, yeah, I'm not, you know, just does the dishes at home. Like, imagine, I said to my son, like, imagine being the most talented opera singer, just never going to, like, I'm not going to fucking sing. Who gives a shit? Right? That's, right? <laughs> yeah, a guy can just yeah. belt out. The guy's like fucking Pavarotti, but he just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, or like, like for example, like, I went, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I went, I went back to playing golf for the first time in, in about seven years the other day. Oh, dude, let's and, do it. Dude, let's play together, dude. I would love to, man. I would love to. Dude, let's play, let's play golf together because I'm starting back up. Like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting back up too. I mean, I'm not, like, I could shoot like, Right now, if I went out, like I could shoot like 90s, but like I'm also the type of golfer that when I get back, like when I start to do it, I can get the score, you know, lower. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the I'm in the high 80s, 90s. So when I when I played the other day, I was like I, I, with my friend Tom. I was like, shit, man, it's nice to be out here again. Oh, and I, I I the reason why I think I took the golf pretty quickly was because of the fighting, you know, the shoulders and the hips and the twists and all that stuff, like the connection. But like, but my only problem with golf is like I'm I was just. I was doing fan like I was so surprised. Like I fucking like I never left. I should have been doing this all the time, up to the seventh hole, and then I was just like I'm dog shit. And once, and it's one of my weaknesses. Once I started to see myself become dog shit, like every other fucking shot was dog shit. Like, and I have to kind of I had to shake myself off, you know, and go like all right, get back to focusing again. Like don't just go like you know what I mean. Like take the loss, you're done. But but like the way I, I was saying to Tom, like wouldn't it be funny like. Like, I always thought of an idea. Like, I always write these dumb ideas down for TV shows. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if like, you this guy who came from fucking Ireland and he was just amazing at baseball but fucking hated it? Like, he just... Right? Someone, he gets, a, he gets a contract with the Yankees. He's like, oh, fuck me. I'm only here for the money. Like, just hates That's so everything funny. about... Just hates everything about baseball. That's so but just funny. got God-given talent and he fucking hates the fact that he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, that is so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, but going back to what you said about Conor McGregor, um, yeah, I had um, I, I don't know if I had Tom Green on the podcast. Yeah, I heard that one it was good, man. And the thing that he said about Larry, what Larry he gave Larry King the credit, but remember he said there's a triangle, and it's hard work, talent, and being lucky. Right. And he said you need two of them, and he said if you get two of them. You're going to make it. He said, but you can't have one of them. You know, you can't just have one. You got to right. accept two of the three. I do think you need, listen, you do need a talent to, you, I mean, Conor McGregor should know that because he has a talent. So it's like, of course, yeah. Like, of course you, I think Sinatra said it too. You're not going to obviously just rest on talent because if you, like you said, if you, if you have talent, but you're sitting home watching fucking game of Thrones and, and, and you're not doing <laughs> anything, of course, nothing's going to happen. But, um, there are some people that are naturally gifted, and then if they have will, then that's a whole new ballgame. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, you know. Um, all right, man. I think that's a great that's a great place to leave it. If you don't mind, of course. Um, I fucking really appreciate you coming on, man, and just hanging out like that. That that was, I did over an hour here, which was not my goal, but I'm so fucking glad that I did. Oh no, um, dude! I, I had a great I had a great time, and um, you know. I'm going to get you on the Verzi effect. We talked about it. We're definitely going to do that. And, uh, dude, seriously, man, let's play Let's play golf. I'm going to uh, – will... You pick a day, man. I'll be there. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, no, we're going to we're gonna play uh, – we're going to play – let's try to play within the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, let's do it. We'll have some fun. Yeah, sounds good, man. And uh, all the best to uh, you and your family. And um, hit me up anytime, brother. Yeah, man, you too, man. Be well and keep keep doing what you're doing. And you're, uh, I, I'm telling you right now, there's just from guys I know, there's an army of of young comics and and upcoming guys who are who are definitely uh, inspired and motivated by you. And I and I hear them when they say that, man. So I, you, you're doing fantastic work. I, well, I, I appreciate that, man. And I think you're so funny. And I think uh, you know when these people see it, you get those clips out and you do all that stuff, dude. Uh, great things are gonna happen. I appreciate, it, man. Thanks so much. You got it, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, for listening. I will. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, send them to my. Uh, I usually say send them to my Instagram message, but as you know, I don't. Be, I won't be checking that for a while. So um, you can rant and rave and complain all you want over there. But anyway, thanks so much for listening, liking, subscribing, sharing. I appreciate you all. 
Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, make sure to keep washing your hands, you dirty fuckers. And I will talk to you again soon. Good luck to you. Bye-bye.